Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. We are enjoying some unprecedented success, and it's all because of you and word of mouth. No, I will be going to the end of the John McCain Memorial. For Thanksgiving, I'm going to the Aretha Franklin repast, because both of those services will still be going on. What is he going to show his grandkids? Like, hey, guys, you won't believe this. Y'all won't see this anywhere. Who was the designated survivor? The survivor. one person I thought of that was missing, Mary J. Black. Oh! This is a nine-hour program. We'll say, nah, we'll go to McCain. We'll be out an hour and a half. We'll have sponge cake, and we'll be back at the house by 2.30. Khalil Mack traded this morning for two first-round draft picks. Who wins that trade? The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears win that trade because they're getting an all-pro defensive. They're getting that right now. They're getting that, you know, Sunday. Not on potential. This is what he does. Uh, Aaron Donald got his money finally, but Odell Beckham got his money to attack a Vialoa. I practiced this and I practiced this and I still choked it away. Yeah, you did. Colin Kaepernick, an arbitrator, ruled that his complaint will have to go to trial. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live special. What we were trying to say. You got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wadesword. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to episode 70 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And we have a great addition for you this time out. Want to thank you guys so much for tuning in on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes. However you have been able to find us, we are certainly glad you have. And for all of those who have found us on the flagship, KTSURadio.com, we certainly appreciate you as well. Always encourage you guys to leave comments, suggestions, topic information, whatever you want to do. Just let us know and, and give us some feedback so we know what you like, what you don't like, and how you're feeling about the entire thing. We have enjoyed a lot of growth, and I want to thank you guys because it's been word of mouth. You guys spread the word. We don't have a marketing budget per se. So, I mean, if we do, it's a very small marketing budget, but I don't have a marketing budget, so we have to depend on you guys to spread the word, and you have done a fabulous, fabulous job of doing just that. On this edition, we welcome back the Silver Fox. He's been uh, recovering. We'll let him tell you about that in just a little bit, but he's back on this episode in addition to that. We have a Why We Kneel segment. And, of course, in the second half of the show, Eddie Robinson, he makes an appearance. We had an interview with him the other day, and we have that as a part of episode 70. And we have a Lamont Award to give out. In addition to that, we have Before I Let Go. So all that and a whole lot more. Again, you can tweet me at Wade's Word and on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, so you can be a part of what we do each and every episode out. With that, I want to bring in the Silver Fox, Kevin Allen. How are you? Doing great. Appreciate you having me. I mean, I'm glad to have you back. Now, when we talk about life 
outside of the world of sports because, you know, we can be sheltered. You and I both, we are sports fanatics. Rarely do we turn off of sports talk radio or sport, watching sports or a game of some sort or DVR or whatever. But what's new in your life outside of the world of sports? We're outside of the world of sports. We're trying to recover from a fractured ankle. Uh, just trying to get that back healed up. So I thought uh, it was the foot. It's not the foot. Well, the foot, ankle, all, all that's connected together. It's the foot. So just trying to get that healed and uh, get you know get you, back. Getting, you know, every day getting a little bit better. Just trying to get this thing back on the mend where I can get back to my normal everyday self. Well, what's new with me is, man, there is a lot of overnight news on social media. Now, I don't know. I know you probably haven't caught any of this. But did you see what George Zimmerman threatened Beyonce? No. Now, now he is he's really taking his life in his hands. I think he called her uh, a broke whore or something like that. Wow. And the beehive is on 10. And I'm telling you what, I think somebody put his home address on social media. So, which is weird. I don't understand it. But essentially, he got away with a crime in killing Trayvon Martin. But if you mess with Beyonce, they coming for you big time. So I don't know. That guy's crazy. I remember talking to Terrence Harris on an early edition. He's a sports writer, of course, renowned sports writer. And he said that he had texted back and forth with George Zimmerman. He said, like, they've had conversations it's a trip and i asked him i said does he know you're black he said yeah so we may have to get terrence harris on to talk more about that entire crazy situation now some other things that have happened did you hear about mary j blige and faith evans no heard they had a fight in the hampton who you got in there by the way i might have to take faith i i'm taking faith after listening to her interview on, on drink champs i'm rolling with with faith i mean but you can marry i already kind of Scored up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now I did see something about Cardi B and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. And I was gonna Nicki. bring that one up. Yeah, man. I'm, what's 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 happening with this? Hey, I man, I don't. Cardi B says she crossed the line. I got I got I got a touch up. Yeah, well, she got touched up. She yeah. had a big lump on her head, but I'm sure that that was from security. I can almost guarantee you one from Nicki Minaj. Who are you taking in that? If, in, in the gate match. Like the wrestlers. Give, in me, the gate match. give me Cardi B. I'm taking Cardi I'm B. I'm taking Cardi and B. And I'm taking Faith Evans and yeah. both of those. So I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. It might be time. a good pay-per-view deal. That's a hell of a pay-per-view. I'd yeah. pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't have no gloves on. No. And, 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 and no shoes. And Cardi B took the shoes off. And your nails have to be, you know, you have to have No, leave nails. the nails. Leave, leave, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, leave your nails Yeah, on. leave them. Whatever extensions you normally wear, keep them in. Keep Let's them see in. how that goes. So oh, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, that'll be, uh, that's, I don't know what's going on. This is a bizarro kind of situation. We'll have to see how those how things pan out as details become available. With that, let's get into some headlines. Now, looking at the headlines, hey, the opening weekend of the NFL, we have one game under our belt. Uh, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? How happy are you to have football back and active? I'm I'm happy to have that football back in my life, man. It, it, you know, I had a little down period there. But now you have college football, the NFL football. So we're back in full swing. Yeah, well, of course, I'm traveling today to do Texas Southern Tiger football. And, and we've already – we had a rain delay in the opener. We played uh, University of Texas Permian Basin. We had a, what, two-and-a-half-hour rain delay or weather delay because there was lightning in the area. Didn't get started until 9.35 Central. Game went over to nearly 1 o'clock. Well, I, we got out about 12.45, I think, is when we, we got out of there with the post game. So it was uh, an adventure to start the season. And uh, I, I'm hoping we don't have any weather delays tonight because that would be really, really bad. 
But nonetheless, man, it's really exciting. The opener, you said it was a snooze fest. You didn't like oh, the opening game? No, I didn't like the, that. That would uh, kind of laid that one down. It was a little bit slow. And I, I like the up-tempo type games, but that game was a little bit slow for me. Well, I think what the issue is when you start talking about those things is that without with limited exposure in preseason, these guys are not playing a lot in the preseason. I thought normally you point to game three to say, Game three is a game where most of your veterans will play. Game three, a lot of guys still didn't play a lot. So I thought you saw some conditioning issues, some guys getting banged up from lack of contact in training camp. And in addition to all of that, these guys just hadn't played a lot. And so you saw that on the field. I think the red zone offense for Atlanta was horrible. I picked Atlanta to win that game. That didn't happen, but I'll tell you what, uh, I think both of those teams will be in the mix. I'm not confident that Philadelphia, I don't think Philadelphia, they may make the playoffs. I have them in as a wild card, but I think they could easily miss the playoffs. I don't think that they're that good, especially if you're not going to get better performances from your quarterback position. And of course, it'll be a minute before Carson Wentz comes back. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But the game of the week, I think it's what, Houston at New England. And I'm not saying that because we're based in Houston, but I'm saying that because that's the marquee matchup. I think everybody around the NFL wants to see Deshaun Watson. He was incredible through six games last season. Now can he bounce back from that injury? What do you think of Deshaun Watson and his return? Deshaun Watson, man, he, he's something to see. He, he's must-see TV, and he's he'll be going against uh, New England Patriots and Tom Brady. So you have two Really good quarterbacks, the old and the new, and with two different styles, but they're both yet are still exciting to keep you on your toes. Uh, Brady's that old wiry veteran that doesn't have that much mobility, know how to slide to the left, slide to the right, <laughs> get that pass off, and you know keep those chains moving. Then you got Deshaun Watson that can move up and down that field. He's more north and south, but he throws a lot better than everybody uh, gives him credit for. Well, I think so, too. I think his mobility is deceptive for those who think that he's just a, a reincarnation of an RG3 or somebody like that. He's a, a, a true pass, and he uses his legs just to buy himself some time. That being said, the you know that the Patriots in their last three openers are one and two? So they don't normally start. I mean, because, again, we, I've written them off a couple years. I remember, a couple years ago, I wrote them off, and you're like, hey, Okay, watch out, watch out. I write them off. I think they'll win tomorrow. The Texans are 0-5 in New England versus the Patriots all time. So they, they've never won up there. I don't think they'll do it again. But this is the time, if you're the Texans, to get them. This is the time that you got to get them. Yeah, you got to get them right about now. You have Amandola out, and you got new running backs, and Chris Hogan, and those guys are your top receivers. Hopefully you have Gronk there. But defense, on the defensive side of the ball, you – you really don't know what's there. You lose your defensive coordinator. So, hey, uh, I'm, I'm with you. If you're going to get them, you better get them early. Yeah, you got to get them now because that team traditionally improves, improves, and improves some more. So uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. One, my retro matchup that I'm looking forward to tomorrow, and I say retro because uh, these are two teams with marquee running backs, Jacksonville at New York. That'll be a fun game to watch. It'll be Leonard Fournette versus the rookie Saquon Barkley. Odell Beckham Jr. has his money. That's a big-time matchup. How are you liking that one? That should be an interesting uh, football game as well. Going to have to fill that out with me. Uh, I'm still not sure what the Giants are going to have on, on the other side of the ball. Uh, you, you upgraded with Saquon Barker as a running back, but 
you know, got that big question mark with me with Eli. So you have Jalen Ramsey on the other side. He has a, He's nursing a sprained ankle. And so he and Odell Beckham would be a, a good matchup. But other than that, you're trying to figure it out. So I, I don't know how the Giants are going to gonna fare this year. I don't think that they'll be in the mix, you know, even though you have Odell back. They still have that question mark to me. Well, I picked the Giants to win the NFC East. I think offensively they can do it all. Now they have more balance. Now that you have an actual running game threat uh, in Saquon Barkley, but I'm telling you, they did not pay Odell Beckham Jr. a whole lot of money to watch Saquon Barkley run. So he's going to get the rock, and Evan Ingram is a guy that I like. Eli, I think, will get he'll do what he does, and I, let's hope that he gets off to a good start because you know they finish strong. Uh, traditionally, even on those Super Bowl years, it was how they finished that was a big, big deal for them. So I, I, that's a matchup I'm interested in seeing and to see if Jacksonville is the truth. You open up on the road. It's a tough, tough road game. Let's see what happens there. Also, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I want to see Miles Garrett in in action. I want to see how the Steelers respond not having uh, Le'Veon Bell. To this moment, he's not in yet. So uh, it looks like James Conner will be toting the rock for the Steelers. And there was some division in that locker room because a lot of people are angry with Le'Veon Bell for not coming in, which I think is a huge, huge mistake. You never, and I've never seen it, I, you never publicly criticize a guy for trying to get his money. And that's the craziest thing. I, I don't know what that is about, where that comes from. That just doesn't seem like that is a a contract-only issue. It seems like it's much, much more personal. Well, not really personal, I don't think. They're just trying to, what you call, bleed the block. Uh, this guy had 406 total touches last year. And he you needs to and get you paid. and right. yeah and you're milking him and 406 touches this year and he gets injured now he doesn't have any money so he's trying to secure his future now I don't blame him hey I, I'll pull teammates, that have, have you ever seen teammates criticize a guy for trying to get his money I haven't seen that but what Le'Veon I think he has the leverage because pulling the move that Emmitt Smith did and let me sit out let's see how you rock for the th- first three or four games. And if, if you stumble, yeah, if you stumble out of the gate, you'll be calling me. So, hey, yeah, let's see I mean, what happens. He's betting on himself, and yeah. he's betting against James Conner in that running game. So we'll see. But I think Miles Garrett is on the cusp of being a premier defensive guy, and I'm talking about along the lines of a, a JJ White of a Von Miller type guy. I mean, this guy, uh, a Aaron Donald type, where he can he's a dominant defensive presence. I think I, you know, watching sort of hard knocks and stuff, you you kind of see, man, this guy is a special, special guy. And I think that all of these uh, all these moves are going to pay off. Jarvis Landry, you have Josh Gordon back, we hope. And, of course, you got Nick Chubb in the backfield, Carlos Hyde. You have some, some guys. You have some pieces now. Yeah, you have some pieces. So let's see what happens. I like Hugh Jackson, and I like Tyrod Taylor being the guy. I don't think you want to give Baker Mayfield too much too soon. Yeah, if Tyrod's there, I, and and think I used to tell you when Tyrod was in Buffalo, I liked Tyrod then, and Tyrod did a great job there. And now with actually a lot of tools right now that he's going to have in Cleveland, this makes his job a whole lot easier because in Buffalo he had Shady McCoy, but after that, Sammy Watkins or whatever, yeah, but yeah, not too got, much. They ran a lot of guys out of town. Yeah, man. but now, you know, he has a lot of pieces, and, and then he's very mobile himself. It kind of helps them out. Cowboys go to Carolina. What are your thoughts on the, the Cowboys? Uh, my brother and, and and I'll give you a hint. Somebody else 
uh, that we know very well picked the Cowboys to win that division. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys in this game? Because I think we tend to write off Carolina. Nobody gives Carolina a whole lot of thought. What do you, what's your take on the Carolina Panthers and uh, in this Cowboy matchup? It's kind of tough in week one. You know, I'm, I'm like you. It takes a couple of games to really see where you are, where your feet are planted on this ground. But if you just go right at it right now, I'd lean towards Carolina winning this game because when you look at the Cowboys, yeah, you have Zeke back, but those wide outs and tight ends, they're all suspect right now. So you really don't know what you have. And now you're in year three with Dak Prescott. Year one, he came out blazing saddles. Last year was a little bit different without Zeke. So now you, I think you see with what you're going to get with Dak Prescott. Well, I think the biggest storyline across the NFL is the changing of quarterbacks all over the place, either the return of, of unhealthy quarterbacks, quarterbacks that were injured, or new faces in new places, or old faces in new places, and, and new faces in, in old places, so, uh, so to speak. I mean, you think about this. Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. You have Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Alex Smith in Washington, Sam Bradford. You have the return of Andrew Luck. You had a return of of, of uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's a lot of movement. You have Nick Foles taking over right now for Carson Wentz till he gets healthy. So it's a lot going on at the quarterback position in ways. I mean, the return of Aaron Rodgers in in, in a way. You see a lot of turnover at that quarterback position. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how this this season goes uh, as it pertains to quarterback because you would have Sam Darnold, uh, and he'll be starting in New York. Uh, in Cleveland, Tyrod Taylor starting for who knows how long before they give reins to Baker Mayfield. But talk about the quarterbacks around the NFL. I think with the, 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 the biggest improvement will be in Washington because of Alex Smith. I've always liked Alex Smith. He was – uh, when he was in San Francisco, he had that winning record up until he got hurt, and then Kaepernick came in. He went to Kansas City. He's doing. He did a great job there in managing the offense. Now you have Pat Mahomes coming in, so now you have him in Washington. I think he's an upgrade from Kirk Cousins, right. uh, even though Kirk Cousins threw for so many yards. But I think Kirk was on a mission to get paid. But I think with Alex Smith, he he gives them a little bit extra. So I think he's going to be a big piece in Washington uh, because he's always been really solid and steady. You have a couple of other ones. That I don't think you've named Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he was in right. San Francisco he, 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 last he year. Yet he hasn't lost. So I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to do for a full 16 games. That's my other um, watch. I want, to, I want to see what happens there with Jimmy G as well. Couple new coaches. Uh, I was keep an eye out for Matt Patricia in Detroit. I mean, that's a quality team across the board. If he's any any way an X factor, he could elevate that team seriously. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, John Gruden, who's already gotten off to a bad start by losing Khalil Mack or giving away Khalil Mack for a couple of first rounders, I just think that that was a huge mistake for the morale of that team. And a lot of people think John Gruden is overrated. And he's really just a, a a television booth coach. That he's not the real deal anymore. Not in some folks, many folks think that he inherited Tony Dungy's team to get his Super Bowl. So, what's your take on uh, Gruden and Matt Patricia? As far as John Gruden, I think he's he's old school, which is set in his ways. I don't think that he was a, a head coach that had really made his mark. And like you said, he he inherited that team from Tony Dungy. 
and he rolled the wave from there once he won that Super Bowl. I'm not really impressed with him. I don't think that he's a he's a player's coach, uh, either his way or the highway. I think in losing Khalil Mack, that's going to hurt them a lot. I don't think Derek Carr is that dude yet. Uh, I want to see him go out there and win it. He's never won a playoff game yet. So I, w- I want to see how Gruden can elevate that. Uh, with Matt Patricia, the jury's still out with him. Even though he most New England coaches don't do very well, yeah, the jury's out on him. So going, like you said, going to Detroit, he has some pieces, but you know that bend but don't break type defense in New England that they had. I don't know if that's gonna be that's gonna work for him in Detroit. I don't think they have that quarterback like Brady. So that that's still a kind of wait and see type deal as well. Well, a couple other things we want to get to in football. Uh, it looks like the quarterback controversy is basically over in Alabama. What do you think about Nick Saban getting upset and uh, Tua Tagovailoa? Tua Tagovailoa, I practice that, that name. He looks like he's a guy, and Jalen Hurts will be a, a safety valve or safety uh, sort of a check down quarterback, as it were. Uh, at Alabama, what's your your thoughts? Any thoughts on college football across the board? College football, I'm I'm going to get to the house today and watch some of that. Uh, starting early, but that quarterback situation in Alabama, that's a done deal. Uh, Tua will be the, the starting quarterback. He can throw the football, and he, he's very mobile as well. I think the players really, really take to him because he stretches that defense now, which, you know, the receivers like to go deep. They like to get away from those hits. So that that's a done deal there. But um, I want to see who are some of those other teams. I want to watch Clemson. I want to watch Ohio State. I want to I want to see how this other part uh, uh, plays out. Yeah, Michigan so. lost. I, I would imagine Jim Harbaugh his seat is heating up kind of quickly here. Also, Jimbo Fish against Clemson. That's going to be a fun matchup, right? Just to see where the A and M Aggies are. Well, right. Hadn't traditionally been an A and M fan. U of H. Ed Oliver got off to a great start. That's your number one pick in the NFL draft. That's your Aaron Donald two uh, I think that that guy's a very special player. If you hadn't had a chance to see him, the uh, a couple other things on the HBCU side, Prairie View, Prairie View almost beat Rice, lost the, the, on the last second field goal, and uh, beat one uh, against North Carolina Central in the Swag Meac Challenge. Texas Southern looked good in their victory, uh, so we'll keep an eye out for some HBCUs. North Carolina A uh, and T was. Uh, Fabulous. They went on the road and had a big win as well. So uh, that's something to look out for as well. Want to shift gears? Tennis. Serena is on the verge. I remember maybe several episodes ago, a dozen or so episodes back, we said, who would win a major first, Tiger Woods or Serena? You took Serena. Serena has a chance to get it done tonight. Does she bring home the U.S. Open? She'll bring it home. She, She has a couple of matches, tournaments under her belt now. She's looking better and better. In better shape, too. Yeah, better shape. She she looks more comfortable out there now. She can get off to that good start, put a little pressure on the young uh, young lady that she's going to uh, play in the championship round today. I think Serena will finish that off and bring that U.S. Open championship back home. Not a lot of NBA news, but have you seen Chris Paul posting the vacation pictures with, with the Rockets and Carmelo? And yeah, Harden? yeah. I mean – that's that can set you up for failure. <laughs> well, mean, and, and the, I mean they, they're supposed to enjoy their lives. I'm not knocking it, but you know that if they stumble or if they struggle, 
People will be posting that picture. But this all is over off season, so yeah, I know. I yeah, know. this is off season, so. What about the WNBA finals? You know, I've been seeing a lot of social media buzz, more buzz than I thought. Seattle Storm versus the Washington Mystics. Storm win game one. I mean, who are they going to win it all? Well, it it, it looks Sue like Bird, it's going right? to. Sue Bird is playing. It looks like it's going to be. How much do you uh, watch? Do you watch any? I, I didn't watch game one, but I've been watching some of the uh, WNBA playoffs. I like Elena Deladon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's wearing that brace right now. I think it's limiting her a little bit right now. But if she can get going, boy, this, that's that's going to heat up and be really, really interesting. So we got a whole 25 seconds of WNBA talking. Hey. Now, this is a hell of a podcast <laughs> where you can get 25 minutes of WNBA in. 25 seconds. Uh, 25 seconds. No, not 25 minutes. Well, no, never 25 minutes. Not yet. Maybe but you can get it. I mean, they have a lot of good players out there. I mean, Atlanta Deladon is really good. Uh, you have Sue Bird. She's one of the older, older, the older players, yeah, huh? the elder statesmen in the WNBA now. And then they, I think they just beat uh, Deanna Taurasi, yeah. which is still, still balling right now. She so was doing work all the way to the end of that game. Yeah. So I, I mean, that. it it was it's been pretty good. Well, I want to get to the topic that dominated our discussion this morning on the flagship KTSU on KTSU Sports Talk, Colin Kaepernick and the Nike ad. Heard around the world, he gets the. They have a huge. We, I found out. I didn't notice that Nike was paying him all along. He was under yeah. contract. Debut an ad. The print ad came out first. If you don't uh, stand up for something, uh, sometimes you have to stand up for something, something even if lose, it means losing lose it everything. All. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? How exciting is that? I mean, because I think the symbolism of that is very exciting. But, it, but if you but if you look at it, a lot of people take that to Colin, that statement. But that statement is for Nike as well. If you don't believe, you can lose it all. So Nike went out there on a limb and said, hey, look, we're, we're backing this guy. And, and a lot of people are uh, trying to give Nike grief for it. But, I mean, Burn I like it. And, yeah, and I'm not burning. I'm not burning any of mine. So, are you going to buy some Nikes? That's well, the well, I always wear Nike. Yeah. That that's pretty so much Nike, all so I you wear. wear. Under Armour, everything and some Nike shoes, right? Well, I, I because mean, of your Texas Southern ties. <laughs> well, I'm still wearing my Nike. I mean, I've never worn Under Armour or anything like that. I've always worn Nike. I like you the have fit. A, you have a relationship with the company, yeah. The Nike, Nike Pro City Summer League, right? Tell folks about that because I don't think people know. Been some years ago now that myself and my best friend Kevin Granger, athletic director for Texas Southern University, right, and and we ran the Nike Pro Summer League here in Houston at the legendary Fondy Recreation Center, where another great Kenny Smith kind of handed that down, and uh, the Nike Pro Summer League here in Houston was one of the top summer leagues in the country for a long, long time, and uh, had a great relationship doing that with Nike and, and whatnot, and I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, so I think that they did a stand-up job in, in coming out with this ad, and you know, even though they knew they were going to take a hit for it, hey, they still uh, stood up for what's right. They got- $43 million in free media publicity, uh, even though their stock initially dropped. But uh, that was across the board. Uh, there were some other issues, uh, some international issues pertaining to why those stocks uh, for shoe companies dropped. Uh, and But essentially, they uh, get all this free publicity, and a lot of folks are lining up to buy Nikes. I have a pair that I haven't worn yet, and I'll be rocking those just because, I, again, oh, yeah. the symbolism is important. I understand the commercialism and and really exploiting the environment to pick a side. I think it's always good to pick a side. I, 
Being neutral is tough. And Nike said, we're going to pick a side. Right. Even though they're not, because, again, they have a 10-year contract with the NFL. But I think it was brilliant of them to do this marketing campaign after they secured that 10-year contract with the NFL, which every Nike pair of pants and jersey has a swoosh on it. So that's where we are with that situation. Where do you think the protest and all of those things will go politically around the NFL this year? Well, the Thursday night game, there was nobody that took a knee. We'll see what happens on Sunday, and which we won't is tomorrow. See any more broadcasts won't show any more protesters, in my understanding. No, nobody's going to show, and ESPN is not going to even show the national anthem. So, I mean, even with that, that would be great. It, it takes some of that heat away from it. So now you're trying to diffuse this thing, and I think the settlement for Colin Kaepernick will be coming in the, in the near future. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money if he wants to settle. Now, if he doesn't settle, that's a ball of move and make these guys testify that that's a ball to move, but I'm sure a, a big offer is is awaiting uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, well, with that, want to take a time out and bring you the "Why We Kneel" segment because I know a lot of people will be boycotting. Not a lot, I think a, a dwindling amount of folks will be boycotting, but we wanted to respect those folks and really uh, respect what Colin Kaepernick did initially. He and Eric Reed, and so our very own Kalina brings us another edition of Why We Kneel. Feeling the chilling moments that led to a police officer shooting. Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police yet unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired. Why We Kneel. On April 29th, 2017 at 11 p.m., Bulk Springs Police responded to a call reporting several underage kids drunk walking around at a party. When officers arrived, partygoers fled, allegedly from the sound of gunshots. Many people left by car. Officer Roy Oliver attempted to stop a car he claimed was backing into the street, quote, towards the officers in an aggressive manner. Oliver fired five shots from his AK-15 rifle into the car, hitting the passenger in the head and killing him. That passenger's name was Jordan Edwards. After the incident, Oliver also claimed he felt his partner's life was in danger. Body cam footage later revealed the car was, in fact, moving forward, not backward, and officer's partner testified that he did not feel in danger. Oliver was fired May 2, 2017, and on May 5th, he was charged with murder. Oliver turned himself in and was released on $300,000 bail. On August 20, 2018, Oliver went to trial. After five hours of deliberation, the jury found him guilty of murder, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. His lawyers planned to appeal. Jordan Edwards was 15 years old. He had a bright football career, and he is why we kneel. That'll wrap up the first half of the show. Coming up in the second half, a visit from our very own Eddie Robinson, and we will do the Lamont Award. And before I let go, but right now, a word from our sponsor and a word from our DJ, our resident DJ, DJ Malone. This is episode 70 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and KTSUradio.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. 
CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Where you from, Now by former NFL linebacker, Houston Oiler, Tennessee Titan, Jacksonville Jaguar, a friend of the show, our guy, Eddie Robinson. Welcome back to, I mean, we've missed you on the podcast, man. You, you've been missing in action. I know you're a world traveler, but you have to set aside some time for us from time to time. Well, you know, I had a, had a kid that started off going to college and getting the school year started. And, and like you said, you know, you got to August is the worst month to be in Houston. man. If I could just spend the whole month of August somewhere else and then come back around eh, mid-September of October when the cool's off, I think that's going to be my plan for next year. <laughs> well, hey, also, you're you a snowbird all of a sudden. Uh, I guess you, what's the reverse of a snowbird? If you're a snowbird, you run from the snow. Uh, if you run from the heat, I don't know. I guess you just, uh, you know, I don't know. You go head north. I don't know. Some of those summertime. But I tell you, one trip I did make was, and I think we talked about it, and you know, I'm going to have to bring it up. I'm going to jump right in on you. And I went to the <laughs> Hall of Fame for the first time in my adult life, or as a kid, too. So, and I took my son, you know, Robert Brazil, a good friend of mine, longtime Houston Oilers. So, congratulations to him uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, of course, congratulations to T.O. for standing up and, <laughs> and doing his thing and not showing up, man. Proud of that guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well we, for those who don't. <laughs> know we had about an hour hour and a half long uh debate uh, and and you know what it was the kind of debate you can't have even on the podcast so it was a, a lot of expletives thrown around but i'm glad you had a chance to go and understand how what a special place that is even if to didn't that's how special it was so i, I want to ask you i mean i wanted you to get in before the start of the nfl season and i wanted to get your thoughts on uh, your picks but i want to first First and foremost, ask you about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Now, I've been covering NFL for 25 years or so, and I have right. I never remember players commenting publicly about another guy's contract dispute. I, I've never heard that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in the gym this morning, and I, you know, the big offensive lineman and those guys. I mean, I, I just think it's terrible because. I mean, we all know that, yeah, it's a kid's game and you're playing for the love of the game, win a championship, you know, bring glory to your fans, teammates, city, blase, blase, blase. But at the end of the day, you're playing for that check. I mean, you got to take care of your family. So, I mean, you can't blame this guy, especially in the days of a running back. I mean, he goes out there and tears an ACL or, or has an Achilles tendon tear, something in the lower extremities. I mean, I can guarantee you Rooney family is one of the best families in football. 
but his value will diminish uh, quite significantly. So while you have a chance to make the money, you have to. And, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't understand why the the plan, I mean, why the players would just alienate a locker room like that. I mean, you can have that opinion and you can voice it privately, but to just call a guy out like that who's competed with you and and be quite honest with you, I mean, those offensive linemen. I mean, they're okay, but. A good running back makes you look a whole lot better. So, I mean, he's the one that's buttering the bread up there. Let's not get it twisted. I mean, uh, you can get another up as a lineman, but you can't get another Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, you know? It almost seems like this is something else. This is not about what they say it's about. It seems like it's about something else, a lot more personal. Because, again, you never see this in an NFL locker room because most of the time when guys get them, you know, when other guys get money, everybody's happy. Hey, get, get your paper, you know what I mean? And right, a lot of guys right. talk a little bit about that situation. So it seems almost like this is personal. This is about something else. Well, and, and the way most guys look at it, hey, the more you make, the more I make. I mean, hey, if I'm, I can't be the highest paid defensive player on the team, but if you go out there and make $15 million a year, it allows me to ask for five. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I mean, that's how most players look at it. And, and, man, and here's a guy, he's not like a hot shot rookie. He's not a guy that's coming from another team who's asking for a whole lot of money. Here's a guy that grew up in Pittsburgh and has done it week in and week out, year in and year out, and has put his body on the line and has showed you that he's, you know, one of the top three running backs in the NFL. And so anybody can say this guy deserves what he's asking for. If you look at the huge contracts, you know, the defense and Donald and, and um, a guy who went to Chicago, uh, Mac, if you look at the huge, huge contracts that those guys are getting. I mean, how much is, is Le'Veon Bell worth to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't think you can put a price tag on it, just being quite honest. Right, especially the way they use him in the passing game as well. And not conversely, a guy like Earl Thomas did report unhappy, but didn't have, I mean, again, you don't have much bargaining power other than to not show up. Uh, what's your take on Earl Thomas choosing to report as opposed to uh, Le'Veon Bell's uh, cho- choice not to report, at least to this point? Well, I think with Le'Veon Bell, I think he probably feels like he fought the good fight. He did it last year. Uh, he held out. He reported the, the week before. So now it's like, it's still like, and everybody expected him to come. So he really had no leverage. The only leverage he had was to miss the first game. I mean, he wants to be out there with those guys. I mean, usually with the whole franchise tag and the way it works and they they, they have extreme penalties for the players. The owners, along with the help of the NFLPA, has set it up where you usually a player doesn't get to this point. You know, free agency is not free agency when the top tier guys have all these restrictions on them becoming free agents. I mean, make it a true free agency. If you're a free agent, you should be able to leave and go wherever you want to. It's like that in basketball. It's like that in baseball. But in football, it's like you have this franchise tag, and then they can franchise tag you again. And if you so, well, I mean, ask Kirk NFL, Cousins about that. Kirk Cousins knows yeah, that, all about that. Right. The NFL has created this situation with this franchise tag, and it, it because the owners still want to have control over the contracts and don't want players to start maximizing the salaries that they could make. And so if you want to not have a Le'Veon Bell hold out, eliminate the franchise tag. It's quite simple, but the owners don't want to do that. And so, I mean, it, it all comes down to, of course, money and politics and stuff like that. 
I think the guy's doing the right thing because it's just such a short career. And when it's over with, it's over with. And you can never go back to being – and I, I used to talk with Marcus Robinson all the time. I was Samari Rowe. I was like, hey, Samari, man, you're coming up on being a fourth-year free agent. I said, you're only going to be a fourth-year free agent once in your lifetime because that's when you, that's the first crack that you have at it to make a lot of money. And so when you become that fourth-year free agent, like, you have to get as much as you can because you can say, hey, well, I'll come back on my second big contract. But there's so many things that can happen in the NFL. There's no guarantee that you ever have a second big contract, you know? So, and I can say this is a difficult thing, but, again, that's why I blame the players' union and the reps for not, uh, you know, getting a better deal. And it seems like no matter what, you can't get all these guys on the same page. And like you said, the careers are short, so you can't go a year, a year and a half without missing, you know, missing your money. And, you know, it'll hurt the players much, much more than it'll hurt the owners. But I want to shift gears in the last the really topical issue before we get into some of our features. I want to ask you about the Colin Kaepernick, uh, the, the ad, the Nike ad. Have you gotten your Nikes yet? Well, you know, I've I've been a Nike guy. I think anybody that that grew up in the Michael Jordan era, I mean, you were a Nike guy. You know, Adidas had their little thing with you know Run DMC and the rappers and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, come on, you was a Nike guy growing up as a kid. I mean, I think it's great that Nike has has stepped out to uh, you know to put Colin Kaepernick in that light and give him a chance to financially recoup some of it. Then, but then just kind of humanize him to let him know, like, hey. You're standing up in a peaceful protest, and maybe some people don't like the way you're doing it or how you're doing it, but if I'm the person and I'm the victim, you can't tell me how to protest because I'm the victim. It's kind of like, you know, when they had the bus boycott and everything and they were trying to, you know, tell people, hey, you can't, you don't want to do a boycott during Easter because it's going to hurt the economics of the city of Birmingham or the city of Montgomery. Well, that's the whole purpose. We want to make you uncomfortable because we're living uncomfortable every day. And so if we don't boycott or we don't protest in the public where you can see it, then what's the purpose of the protest? And so Right, and right. so it's, it's kind of the, the whole concept of it makes no sense. But, I mean, Nike, I think they're going out on the limb somewhat. But if you look at it, you know, I think the reports were that, you know, 65 percent of their business is international and not in the U.S. And the people who buy their shoes or the people that look like Colin Kaepernick who are under the age of 35. So their target audience is still buying Nikes. I think the, the audience that's saying, hey, we, we don't like this and we don't appreciate this, all buying the Nikes anyway on a regular basis. They're buying like some Skechers or they're walking and, you know, they, they got some Cohan <laughs> or something. So from that standpoint, I don't think Nike's really going to be hurt you know, financially, you know, if anything, I think they're going to be, you know, like the cool shoe, like, you know, this is it, like this is going against the grain. And I think now more people are going to start buying the Nikes. I mean, for the people who, who actually are in the demographic that Nike usually serves. Well, and, and the thing about it is a, they have a 10 year deal with the NFL. So the, the swoosh is all over the place you know, throughout the NFL, including on the jerseys, on the trousers in the NFL. And, and again, they did this without the NFL knowing so that's sort of sticking a thumb in the eye of the NFL in a way because the biggest headache after deflate gate for the NFL has clearly, clearly been the Colin Kaepernick issue. And I think Nike is really sticking it to them and good for them. And I'm happy for Colin Kaepernick. And again, hopefully we can see him uh, become more visible. You can already see that the, the tone of the NFL really are, are trying to uh, soften their message and try to 
display some uh, amount of understanding and empathy for this situation, even if it's just in a, a statement alone. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch because, again, uh, they asked for summary judgment. Did the NFL? They didn't get it, so it looks like the, the whole Colin Kaepernick. Oh, it's going to trial. It's right. going to go to so, trial unless there's a huge settlement. <laughs> Correct. Well, it's going to have to be a settlement because I think it is. I think the burden of proof, of course, is on Colin Kaepernick, on Colin Kaepernick to prove that there was collusion. But I, I think that there's enough smoking guns and evidence of the owners talking themselves amongst themselves that have come out where I think it'll be pretty not easy. But he has a very good chance of proving that there was collusion. But the biggest thing is. Does Jerry Jones, does the commissioner, does do the other owners, do the GMs, do you want them to be under oath uh, in the court of law? And so that was the whole thing with the concussion settlement, why the NFL had to settle, because they don't want to be under oath in the court of law, because then I can start asking you questions about all of your dirty business and you are <laughs> under oath. Right. You can go to jail for perjury. So trust me, there will be a settlement. If it goes to trial, there's no way Jerry Jones is going to take the stand about collusion in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick or the commissioner or anybody else. They won't do it. They're going to just settle with him and be done with it. It's like, they, they have no choice. So I think, you know, it's huge that Colin Kaepernick is going to get his day in court because, you know, it, he should be playing in the NFL. And I think that's the biggest thing that Nike is trying to put out there. It's like, hey, man, from a kid, everybody wants to play in the NFL. And to be a starting quarterback in the NFL is only 32 of them. I mean, that's a very elite club. And when somebody takes that away from you because you're protesting to bring a message about something that's happened to another group of people, it's not happening to you, but it's happening to another group of people. So you put your livelihood on the line to help someone else, and then they take away your livelihood. I mean, that, to me, that's what's un-American when you really want to, you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it, because Colin Kaepernick has went out of his way to risk his livelihood to help out another group of people, and just to bring bring a conversation about it. And what's the, the, the saddest thing is that, I mean, you're still seeing the same thing happen with police officers shooting unarmed black kids. On a regular basis, it's still happening again and again and again without any prosecution or anything going on. So, obviously, the protest is not working because the, the conversation doesn't even come up. The same DAs are being, you know, reelected, and then it's, and it's like business as usual. And now, and that was my point. Yeah, that was my point all along. With yeah, if you want to boycott the NFL, that's fine. But what else are you going to do? Uh, are you going to uh, get active and, and campaign, actively campaign for? candidate you can start by serving on jury duty because not not enough african-americans actually serve on jury duty everybody the big joke is hey how can we get out of uh, performing jury duty well guess what uh you know once you you're part of uh, of the solution if you have faces that look like ours on a trial for defendants that more and more frequently look like us so uh that's yeah, one well, of those things that, so. that, that's that's a very big big point then i mean a friend of mine he's an attorney in jacksonville he does a lot of federal cases and, and quite frankly he does a lot of you know most of his his clients are drug defendants and drug cases and stuff like that and so i was like man i'm not going to jury duty i'm not i'll never go to jury duty he's like hey look here man when it comes down to it 
and you uh in that court of law and you looking for one person on that jury that look like you, you gonna wish you would have went to jury duty. And ever since then, <laughs> I've always went to jury duty. <laughs> yeah, I'm big on on uh, performing our civic duty uh, to be on trial because again, it does have an impact on young lives because you know we can relate and and we understand how things can be uh, stacked against you unfairly and uh, and and at the same time uh, be just in in and as jurists so to speak so uh, with that i want to do one segment with you and then i want to get your predictions well, let's go to a segment that we call this or that the choice is yours you can get with this or you can get with that now in this one i give eddie uh two situations teams players entities and he tells me which one is uh which one he chooses which one he is uh going to go with first up the quarterback that will most improve their team, Alex Smith in Washington or Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, this or that? That's a, that's a tough one. Alex Smith, I'm, you know, Alex Smith had a really good year last year, so it was, it was tough to see why they got rid of him. But I'm, I think I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins just because Minnesota has more pieces in place already. Uh, we're dealing at the wide receiver position, digs, and so on, and they have a good defense. So I just think that the Vikings are just more in the position to succeed and make it back to the playoffs. Well, and, but, I mean, if to, to improve on what happened last year, they'd have to go to the Super Bowl, and I don't think that Kirk Cousins can get them there. So from that standpoint, Alex Smith has more room for improvement, and I think for me, I think I'll go with Alex Smith in that situation because I don't believe that Kirk Cousins can get the Vikings to the Super Bowl, although Nick Foles did it, but, I, you know, I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins I like that. So. Next up, I want to ask you, which team is more likely to reach the Super Bowl again, New England or Philadelphia, this or that? I would say New England because, I mean, you look at, like we talked about earlier, you have a Le'Veon Bell who's not there, so the Steelers are going to start off slow even when he comes back. And I I think the Patriots are just a well-oiled machine. I mean, they they get it done year in and year out, and I think the NFC has a lot more uh, teams that are poised to take the next step. The Saints are right there. The Falcons are right there. We have the Rams, who I think are right there. And so I think Philly may have a tougher road of getting back there. Although they are a complete team, I just think the Patriots it's, I mean, you gotta in order in order to be the best, you gotta beat the best, and they've been the best in the AFC for a very long time. So, well, you know, and I agree with you that Philadelphia has, has tougher opposition uh, in the NFC, but I have to believe that Jacksonville. Or Pittsburgh will step up and dethrone uh, the Patriots in the AFC. If you, if I'm consistent so you're, you're with telling me Blake Blake Bortles is going to outdo uh, the goat. No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> think I don't think that. But I do think that that defense can put some early pressure on him and and make a difference. You talk about Jalen Ramsey and Bouye, AJ Bouye. That secondary, the, they're getting better. Their linebacking core is getting better. They're going to get pressure. I mean, they're going to be again one of the best defenses in the in the league and I do consistent with my predictions this will be Tom Brady's last year and I think it'll be because he will start to break down he will start to have more turnovers I think we are seeing uh, uh, it's going to be near the end for uh, him of course we they talk about the relationship between he and Belichick not the greatest with the trainer involved and and all the things that are going on I just think that this thing is on the verge of, of falling apart 
I don't think that they'll get there. I don't. No, nah, I don't think Philadelphia will get there either. But if I had to pick one, I foolishly maybe in some folks' opinion, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia more likely to get back. I think it'll be great to see two new teams, definitely on the AFC side. I, I don't think. I don't think the Patriots fans are even cheering for the Patriots to get back. It's just, it's just, it's just time for some new blood in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. And, uh, so, and it's always fun when you see two teams that haven't been there in quite some time. So that would be nice. And finally, on this or that, I'm going to ask you, you're a defensive guy, many, many years. And how many years in the NFL? 11? Yep, 11 years. 11 years in the NFL on the defensive side of the football. In 2018, better defense, Rams, or the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think you got to go with the Jaguars, probably for all of the reasons that you just said. I mean, it's, it starts up front. They have a front four, and you have the, the cornerbacks and Ramsey and those guys. And I think although you have Gurley, who's an excellent you know, running back in place, I think with Fournette and I think the philosophy of the Jaguars offensively, you know, good defense helps you out when you're sitting on the sidelines. So I don't think Jacksonville will have to play as many snaps because Jacksonville is going to have a control of the football type of tempo and their defense will be able to rest, come in and get a three and out and come back off. When we had, you know, Eddie George and Steve McMahon, we were, you know, pretty good offensive team, not scoring points, but as, as far as running the clock. I can remember one game we played like 45 snaps on defense. So you're talking about you can play 45 full speed snaps when you know that you don't have to go out there again and again because your offense is doing three and out or passing and all that type stuff. So. I mean, just think about the battle of those secondaries. You have a key to leave and Marcus Peters on one side and A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey on the other side, who, by the way, didn't do himself any favors with being critical of all of the, uh, all of the quarterbacks around the NFL. So, uh, I just think, you know, that's going to be a tough one. I, I think that, man, Aaron Donald getting his money, it, that's a toss up. I, if I had to pick one, though, I think, uh, because of the division, I will pick Jacksonville statistically to have a better defensive year. So uh, with that, I want to give you an opportunity. Give me your picks. Who are your, who are your division winners? Who's going to the Super Bowl for you? Let's start in the AFC. Who's going to win the AFC South? Well, AFC South, although I think the Texans will be improved, I, I think the Jaguars are still the favorite right now. So you're going with Jacksonville? Yep, I'm going with Jacksonville. All right, let's go with the AFC North. Hey, your, your old coach, Greg Williams, getting a lot of Hollywood time. He's doing, I mean, hey, a lot of people falling in love with, with Cleveland. I don't think they're division contenders yet, but who do you think is going to win the uh, the AFC North? Well, I, I think you still have to go with uh, with the Steelers. I mean, I think they're, they're still the class of the, of the division, and you have to think that uh, Le'Veon Bell will be back in a couple of weeks, worst case, but now, you know, other than some locker room banter going back and forth. But, you know, the first time you get 150 yards and two touchdowns, everything will be forgotten. So what about the AFC East? I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's New England all the way, right? I mean, two Yeah, little- yeah. I, Miami and uh, Buffalo and whoever else Jets, is in the there. Jets, nobody, yeah. nobody else. Yeah, the Jets. Come on, that's, that's a cakewalk. Now, the most so, interesting. Home, home field advantage for the Patriots throughout the playoffs. And I think you, you can't underestimate the reason that they're getting to the Super Bowl year after year is they get home field. Why do they get home field? Because you have six division games and we're going to win five of them with our eyes closed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's the deal. That And I say that all the time. They set up shop. They start the season with five wins. Now, I know you got to go yeah. out and get them, but uh, these organizations are making it pretty easy for you. So let's talk about the really the most interesting division 
really maybe in the AFC, the AFC West. Who do you have there? Well, the, the AFC West is kind of tricky, but I'm, I'm all in on the Chiefs. I think Mahomes at quarterback and Hunt and Tyreek Hill with the tight end. I mean, I just think they're going to put up points. And, and Andy Reid, I mean, he's like the last of the old timers who needs to win the Super Bowl before he retires. So I'm all, I'm all with the Chiefs in the West. Yeah, hey, I'm not big on having a guy who is essentially a rookie. I mean, I know he he was drafted last year, and he sat behind uh, Alex Smith. But I just I don't I don't believe that that's going to work for him. I think that that, that move is going to backfire. I'm telling you, who's going to do it? It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Rivers, nah. Keenan Allen, Melvin <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> look look at how they finish. They finish strong. They they, they I'm always telling. finish strong. They finish strong and they save the coach job, and then they start off uh, two and five. Anthony Lynn, watch him and watch what they are, they're able to do. Mike Williams is going. He, he's going to bounce back offensively they have some pieces they even brought antonio gates back this week so uh they're doing a lot i'm are I'm you kidding me so you 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 you're rewarding them for bringing back antonio gates the man was in the rocking chair and riding well i know like, but that when, when you okay i'm telling you watch the charges all right let's go to the nfc nfc south that's your division right your Saints season yeah, ticket holder I'm, you know I, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm, I'm, I make go with my head and not my heart. I'm going to go with my heart and not my head, but at the same time, I think the Saints have just enough to get over the hump. Um, you got Ingram missing the first four games, but that's fine. If he's a power back, you let this guy rest up, he'll have fresh legs in the start of September. Well, I agree with you on that. I'm going with the Saints. At the at NFC North, that's a fun division. You have Minnesota that sort of dominated things. Uh, last year, but Aaron Rodgers is back, got his money. Yeah. Who, who yeah, are you like? You, you, you have Aaron Rodgers, you, and, and you have a Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham, I mean, you're talking about you know eight to twelve touchdowns in the red zone, and, and I think Jimmy Graham is coming back with something to prove. So uh, I'm, I'm going with Green Bay in that one, and I'll go with Green Bay as well. Although I, I keep the more and more I talk about it, the more and more I really need to show more love and appreciation for Minnesota and that defense. Uh, and so we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Although again, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy, and then Khalil Mack may disrupt some uh, some that's, playoff that's teams. Yeah, he may yeah, upset he, some folks and, uh, and really create some problems where two or three teams out of that division won't go to the playoffs. So we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe only the division winner, when you bring in a guy like that and then Trubisky, uh, you would uh, presume would be, play better. So uh, that's a fun division to watch too. The NFC East, is it going to be – you going with Philadelphia, the defending champs, Cowboys, Redskins? Who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, I hate to just – I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this one just because I don't want to always go with the – I mean, it's kind of predictable. We just picked the same guys that all won last year. I think I think the Cowboys with, 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 the, with the running back there for Elliott there for the whole year, I mean, I just feel like they can make that next step and get there. I mean, they still have a dominant offensive line. And they have enough on defense, although, you know, them trying to trade for Earl Thomas tells you they feel like they need more. But I think that they can compete with, with Washington and the Giants. Of course, the Giants aren't there yet. But I think uh, it's, it's hard to repeat. And Philly, people have been spending the whole offseason studying you and your game plans, and, and they're going to figure out a way to stop you. At least they're going to make you do something different than what you did last year. Well, I'm going with the New York Giants. Look, Odell Beckham has his money. That, that won't happen. I'm, well, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, 
Sterling Shepard and, and Odell Beckham Jr. I'm t- I'm I'm telling okay, you. Okay, name me name me one starter on the defense. That, that, well. That's why they that, that's why they won't win because you because you know you know the offensive players. And you can't name me one starter on the defense, and that's exactly why they won't make. The They're playoffs. gonna win a lot of shootouts. How about that? <laughs> so, okay. And so let's go to the <laughs> NFC West. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, no brainer. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, with Donaldson, I mean, the Donald's, it's, I mean, the, the Rams are definitely the class of Gurley. The biggest thing is if golf can make that next step to being a good quarterback to a Pro Bowl level quarterback, then they can actually be the team that make the Super Bowl out of the, uh, out of the NFC also. I think the Rams are, are, are right there. I mean, it's just a matter if they can get over that humping, but, uh, it, it should be a lot of fun to see. You know, how much more can, can golf advance his career, especially when you got a running back like Gurley? If he stays healthy, I mean, they, they're a threat, you know. Yeah, well, with that, now pick your Super Bowl uh, your Super Bowl matchup. You're going to like mine, by the way, but go ahead. Let, let's get your Super Bowl matchup. Well, I'm, I'm all in on the Saints. I just feel like if the Saints can get the home field advantage, they have a tough schedule. And I'm looking at the Saints in Green Bay. The Saints may have to go up to Green Bay to win it, but that's, that's who I'm picking, uh, the two teams coming out the, the NFC with the Saints winning, of course, uh, going to the Super Bowl playing in the Georgia Dome, which is basically Mercedes Benz East. That's our other home team. But anyway, so let's get back to the, to the, to the AFC. Uh, I think the Patriots definitely make it to the AFC championship game, but I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs make that next step. They have a lot of young talent. They're going to put a lot of points up on, on the board, and I think they have enough defensively that they can get out the West and they can compete with, and I know you like the Jaguars, but I think they can compete and beat the Patriots. Well, you know what? I picked Kansas City to go to Super Bowl last year, so and, and I rolled with them <laughs> for a few years in the mix. I, I really did, uh, but Kareem Hunt is a special, special player, and he hit a wall, and when he hit the wall, they started to struggle offensively, but I am going to go with the Steelers. If the Steelers can get any kind of defense, think about this. When Ryan Shazier went down, that's when their defense really fell apart. If they can accommodate for that loss on the defensive side look Bell will be there and you have uh, Juju Sh- uh, Smith-Schuster you have uh, of course the best receiver in the game in my opinion and Antonio Brown and then you I mean you have the Jesse James you have Connor coming off the bench running the football you got Big Ben I mean you have so many pieces I'm telling you man that that's a team that if they uh, if they just have to but I'm not Optimistic after this week and them being critical of Le'Veon Bell, but I, you know, that kind of throws me off a little bit. But before all of that, I, I went with Pittsburgh and I'll stick with Pittsburgh. Now, give me one team in each conference that will be your dark horse. This is a team that didn't win in division, but you think can sneak up and and get into the Super Bowl. Uh, let me see. That's that's a tough one. So coming out the uh, the NFC. The Falcons, they're not really a dark horse per se, but they didn't win the division. So I guess, to me, that's a really dangerous team because they have so many offensive weapons, and they just play really good at home. And I think if they can just put it together, like, Matty Ice has to become Matty Ice. I think they can only go as far as he goes. If he makes that step to the next level, I think the Falcons can break that curse and be the first team. I would hate to see it, but they can be the first team to play the Super Bowl at home. 
Well, I think Minnesota is a team I hadn't I disrespected, and I, I probably didn't mention them uh, on the Houston show or in previous podcasts, but that's my dark horse in the NFC. AFC, who do you have? Who's your dark horse? I mean, believe it or not, I'm going to have to go with the Texans because you just don't know uh, with a J.J. Watt, if he can give you 16 games and, and the merciless and the guys that they have on defense, and if the quarterback can come in fully healthy, you probably have one of the top three receivers in the league. I mean, the Texans are a team that I think can do a whole lot. If they, They'll have to compete with the Jaguars, of course, but I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they go deep into the playoffs. Well, that would surprise me tremendously. <laughs> but I will say this. I do believe that the Texans are, and because of Deshaun Watson, are the biggest X factor probably in the entire exactly. NFL. Exactly. So, yeah, you can't, you can't discount what a, uh, a running dude threat quarterback who's a leader and can make people play behind him. And, and I just you just can't discount of what one guy can do to a team at that position. So I mean he he's the next factor and I think the Texans are one of those teams. Maybe they're not Super Bowl ready, but going down a stretch if they get hot and they're healthy and other teams aren't they can definitely be a team, hey, we don't want to have to play them down the stretch. Yeah, and I think that my – because I didn't pick them in the winter division and I didn't pick them even as a wild card team, I think Kansas City it, it would be my dark horse. Uh, but, again, I don't really – I'm not feeling real confident uh, in that. I don't real, really feel like this is a Baltimore Ravens year. I think this will be the end of the Joe Flacco thing. Uh, I don't yeah, think that that will come yeah. together. Although I like their backfield and I like Suggs and I like what they can do defensively. I just don't think that uh, that's going to work out. So if you're looking for a dark horse, I think a fun team to watch will be uh, Cleveland just because Miles Garrett is probably going to put himself in that Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt kind of discussion as the more uh, and the most dominant kind of guys and the Vaughn Miller, uh, more dominant defensive players, uh, elite defensive players in the NFL. I think what Miles Garrett is a special player to watch. I think Cleveland's going to be a whole lot of fun if Josh Gordon can, can get his thing together. Landry is great. I, I'm not big on Tyrod Taylor, but I think that this is the right move for them to make to start Tyrod Taylor because what you don't want is the ego of a guy like Baker Mayfield to sort of manifest yeah, itself yeah, just like early right yeah, just yeah. if you you look at it he'll be just like uh, Johnny Johnny football uh, Johnny Manziel he'll be just like well, him uh, yeah, ego wise football and the, and the guy that came out of Baylor who went to the Redskins RG three uh, who actually is, yeah RG three who's getting a he lot of love out of Baltimore. So yeah, he started off so big that he felt like he was bigger than the coach and he had a direct connect with the owner and it's like, hey, he's up with you, haven't done that much yet, you know, so, I, and I, yeah, and I went to the training camp and, and looking at their roster, I was like, man, this guy was a high top five first round pick, this guy was a top five first round pick. They have a lot of good young players, so they've been so bad for the last couple of years. They have a lot of top five picks on, them, on their team. And you may, one thing about these scouts, they may miss on one or two of them maybe every decade or so. But when a person is a top five pick, he usually can play football pretty good. So I think they have a lot of talent on that roster, and I think they're a hungry team. And so 
Yeah, they start off with the I know Saints the second week. They have a tough schedule. They got Pittsburgh to start with, and that's the down yeah. part about it. I think their first three weeks are very tough, and then people will just automatically say, "Well, these are the same, same, old, old, Brown. same old Brown." But you start right. off playing so, two teams that I predict, predict will be in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I right, hope that right. the Cleveland fans are a little bit more savvy than that because you start with a murderer's row. But I think uh, the team that I think in that division will fall off the most is probably Cincinnati, and maybe finally yeah. the nine lives. Marv Lewis will kind of play out. But again, you know, I hope it works out for him because I like Marv Lewis and I like the Bengals. I think if Cleveland could get to, if they could get to Halloween at four and four, you know, or even three and five, I think at that point, you'll see that the confidence level will start to kick in. And then the talent is, I mean, it's hard to, to play an NFL season when you're starting off 0 and 8. All right, so we're out of the playoffs. So let's just play these last eight games. To, you know, so that, that's hard to do. But if you're at least at 4 and 4, you say, hey, man, we can make the playoffs for the first time in eight years or 10 years. And at that point, man, you can you see a regular guy that's a 4 6 guy run a 4 4. You know, it's just, everybody just start playing better. And I think that's what they have to get to. Just kind of survive that early season and, and just be competitive going into November. And I think it'll kind of kick him Hey, man, well, I appreciate you joining me. Congratulations to your Hornets. We're going to talk so, to somebody from Alabama State because I'm sure over the weekend you set that up for us, right? Oh, yeah, I got it all lined up. And we got to talk some swag football and just HBCU football in general. Got to give a big shout-out to North Carolina A&T Aggies. I mean, they, they beat Jacksonville State, which is a, a powerhouse FCS school, and then they came back and beat East Carolina. So whenever you could, you know, start off with that high, and they're ranked number five in the country right now. So I, I think I think HBCU football in general is on the upswing, and, and yes. I'm, just really, uh, I'm loving it and look forward to, looking forward to this season and to the next couple. Well, you certainly know the new uh, the new commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and I know you believe in him. So uh, that's a oh, yeah. uh, that's a oh, good yeah. thing. And then shout out to Prairie View. Uh, you nearly beat Rice, and then you uh, you dominate the uh, Swag Meak Challenge on Labor Day. So uh, the, actually, the Sunday before Labor Day. So that's a whole shout out to them. Uh, we're gonna catch up with your old teammate Bubba McDowell here soon as well. So uh, we definitely will show Swag and uh, HBCU football some love this season. Hey man, I want to okay. thank you. And I want to get you in studio soon, so we look forward to it. Okay, sounds good. First week in the NFL football, so there should be a lot of controversy and a lot of fun, so we'll be tuned in. No doubt. Eddie Robinson for that conversation. Looking forward to having him in studio real, real soon. But, Kev, now it's time for a segment that we call the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Now, my big dummy award goes to, and I hate to criticize folks who are in the uh, media business, which I really don't hate to, but because I can relate to a lot of the challenges. But in this one, even this one, I can kind of relate to, Kev. Detroit Tigers television announcers Mario Mpemba and Rod Allen have been suspended for the rest of the season after allegedly getting into a physical altercation earlier this week. Because they got into a fight, Fox Sports Detroit announced that they will no longer broadcast any games for the remainder of this season. They've been together for 17 seasons, and uh, these guys work together every day. You're always together, so you're never apart, and you travel with each other, and I can imagine that that can wear on your nerves. The only thing I can relate to is that uh, you know, being with Chatterbox all the time, we never got into it like that. We we might have a couple arguments, but nothing major. 
But, you know, after football season when we're together, especially when I was traveling on the road, I would have to take a chatterbox break and he'd have to take a Devin Wade break. You know what I mean? It's hard being around somebody every single day, even if it's your spouse. Sometimes it's hard to be around somebody. But we never come close to having any kind of physical altercation, anything like this. But these guys got into it, and it may cost both of them their jobs. And it's tremendously embarrassing for guys who've been together for 17 years because rumor has it the fight started over a chair in the press box. Hmm. So how ridiculous is that? Unbelievable. And for that reason, Rod Allen and Mario Mpemba, you get the Lamont Award and you are big dummies. You big dummy. With that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, any final thoughts? I know I want to send a, a big shout out in remembrance of uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds died this week at the age of 82. Uh, what's your favorite Burt Reynolds movie? The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard. I think The Longest Yard is actually one of my top five sports movies all time. The Longest Yard. What's your favorite Yard. sports movie? No, I really don't have one. Let's think about this. You got Hoosiers. You got Rudy. You you have Longest Yard. You have one of my favorites is The Bad News Bed. Bad News Bears is, is 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 a and, and it's it's not just because it's a comedy. There's layers to that movie. Uh, when you talk about parental pressure on kids and just Walter Matthau drinking and being around the kids and the strained relationship he has with his, right. I mean that was, to me, the Bad News Bears is one of my favorite sports movies. And, and because I mean, there's a lot of profanity from little kids, so you know I like that one a lot. The Longest Yard, the original Longest Yard, was really really a great one. Rudy, Rudy is is cool. I, I like Hoosiers better than Hoosiers, that. Hoosiers, I like Hoosiers. Raging Bull is one that's always that always comes up. What about the fish that saved Pittsburgh? Yeah, <laughs> hey, that that's with Doctor J, right? Yeah, Doctor yeah. J. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, uh, my, my the one I do Brian's song all the time that brought a tear to mind. Now, yeah. as I grew up, I realized the quality of that movie was not the greatest. But I tell you what, I, I probably to this day, if I watch that movie and I really get into it, get tear eyed. I get misty eyed. Oh, man. I love Brian Piccolo. <laughs> That's Billy D. Williams, James Conn, Judy Pace, uh, Shelly Fabre. I mean, there's some stories. Well, that got to be your favorite. Yeah. So that's in my mix, too, Brian's song. So we have to come up with our list during the summer. During the off season, we'll come up with our favorite. Our top ten sports movies. Also, any any shouts out, anything you want to do? We didn't do birthdays this episode, but anybody you want to say hello to? No, n- not this week. Uh, like I said, uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Enjoyed the the Houston show this morning as well. I want to thank everybody for giving me uh, phone calls and get well wishes and things of that nature. A speedy recovery, but I'm not trying to get a speedy recovery, just a, the right recovery. Yeah, the so right. So we'll have recovery, this yeah. again. Yeah, so. Uh, I appreciate yeah, everybody. Well, I appreciate you soldiering on. You still you make your way here, man, and and you're doing it with the crutches. How's your crutch game, man? Have you oh. Can you do any tricks on the crutches yet? Man, I, I'm I'm leaving here and and I'm going back home and and put this foot in the air and elevate it and watch me some football. <laughs> well, that sounds good. <laughs> Want to wish our well from the TFE family, the Friday Express family, our very own Teddy Beautiful Lewis, a very happy happy birthday. Want to thank you guys so much. Next time out, we're going to have some fantasy football talk. We're going to do a whole lot. I want to remind you guys, if you really want to quickly get in on the pigskin, pick them, go to the Sports Talk Devin Wade group on ESPN, and you can get in and pick with us. 
So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. You can also tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, have a great day. From my nigga, where your grandma stay, I'm my nigga. This mad city, I run my nigga. If I rules and grips, all got along, they probably got me down by the end of the song. Seem like the whole city go against me. Every time I'm in the street, I hear Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances, finessing on them with some counterfeits. Parmesan with my accountant lives in fact I'm down in t- Do say with my boobie tastes like Kool-Aid for the analyst Girl, I can buy a Westy girl with my base stuff I know that it's good, won't you sit it on my taste plus I get way too petty once you do the extras Pull up on your block and break it down, we playing t- dress AM to the PM, PM to the AM phone Eat up your per diem, you just gotta hate them phone If I quit your BM, I still rock Mercedes phone I quit this season, I still be the greatest funk My left stroke just went viral Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral Right left stroke just went 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 Viral just went viral Just went left stroke just went Left stroke left stroke left stroke left stroke left stroke Personally, I'm surprised you call me after the things I said